This episode is brought to you by Daters Academy, the five-week online course with marriage-minded mentor Aliza Ben Shalom that will get you ready to find your soulmate. Get practical guidance on how to accurately express to others who you are and what you're looking for, a step-by-step process to reevaluating potential dates in your past, and a mindset shift that opens your eyes to your soulmate and more in Daters Academy. Claim your exclusive $50 discount to get the course for only $99 today at jewishlatinprincess.com forward slash daters academy and enter the code JLP50 at checkout. Jewish Latin Princess episode 120, Ilana Ek, founder and CEO of Stylish Spoon. You're listening to Jewish Latin Princess podcast by Yael. Every week, get your dose of inspiration from the world's most uniquely talented Jewish women and from Yael herself. Seeking profound and practical ways to live a joyful, richer Jewish life? Welcome to Jewish Latin Princess Podcast. And now, Jewish lifestyle expert and bilingual blogger at JewishLatinPrincess.com, your host, Yael. You're listening to Jewish Latin Princess. I'm Yael Trush, your host. Welcome to the show. I hope everybody's healthy and taking the necessary health precautions while at the same time staying calm and positive and strengthening your trust in God, which which is really all we can do. And we could probably limit our time in the media, um, just get the necessary information and, um, you know, not stay too hooked to information because that can, you know, um, affect our nervous system um, and put us all, um, make us all more nervous. But definitely we have to do what we have to do and we have to take the necessary precautions. And uh, But it's also important to stay positive and, um, and calm and work on our trust in God. My guest and I, while recording this, were actually with kids off from school just, you know, as a precautionary measure. Um, but thankfully, our, get, our kids let us record. And hopefully by the time this airs, we will have passed this crisis everywhere in the world in a miraculous way. Please, God. But in the meantime, the show must go on. And today I'm delighted to introduce you to a business owner, a mom, a CEO, the founder of Stylish Spoon. Stylish Spoon is a healthy baked goods company. And when I say healthy, I mean healthy, organic, no gluten, no GMO, no processed sugars. I mean, you name it, Alana Eck is on top of her game, trying to bring nutrient-dense, healthy treats to moms and children and helping people make better food choices. This is something that I've recently become more conscious of as I've had to make some shifts in our food choices for two of my children, one in particular trying to reverse an autoimmune condition. And so I'm delighted to find Jewish women like Ilana who can help all of us make these better choices for our families and are helping um, educate us and just bringing alternatives for all of us, especially busy mothers, etc. We talk about her journey with healthier eating, which began at a young age while in college and continued over the years while eventually she did make a career pivot to become a full-fledged entrepreneur. So we talk about that journey into entrepreneurship as well and some of the challenges involved, her consistent practices that help with having a more mindful, healthier life in general, as well as some of her Jewish values and traditions and the very exciting move towards kosher products, which is something she's very passionate about and it's now going to become part of the stylish spoon line. You're going to love her. You're going to love Ilana and just like me, you're going to want to try these treats. Let's hear the lovely Ilana Ek. 
Ilana Ek. Welcome to Jewish Latin Princess. How are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me today. It's so great to have you here. You're all the way in New York City. So how are things going with this Corona crisis? Uh, your kids oh, off school? They are. Oh, one of my daughters is off school. The other one isn't. Um, it's just for precautionary measures. But I'm trying to just stay positive and calm and be that for my kids also. Exactly. That's the best thing we could do for them. Yeah, we, um, we're also closed for precautionary measures. So, you know, it'll be a fun, relaxing day at home and we'll maybe we'll bake something yummy, like inspiration from our conversation. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm so excited to have you on the show. Um, You're the founder of Stylish Spoon, an online bakery, but not just any bakery, one with handcrafted healthy treats, which has me super intrigued. I've actually gradually been making a shift towards healthy eating. I have a son who's now off gluten. Well, he's off everything. He's off all grains and, and dairy and uh, sugar and uh, all sorts of things. So I'm sure you can give me a lot of ideas about. Um, yes. And, yeah. So I'm making my own transition. And so I want to I want to get started with your journey, because I understand that it started the, the company wasn't just, a, you know, you didn't just come up with this company, but you had your own transition into healthier eating. And it was much later on that the company was born. So what was your own journey towards healthier eating? Right. And I mean, a lot of people have different journeys that bring them into healthy eating or into eating where they have to limit or restrict certain ingredients or food categories. Um, And I had two different points in my life. Mm -hmm. Um, One was that I just I decided to change my eating for the healthier um, when I was on term abroad in Israel, Mm. when I was in college. And I had been, you know, not a really unhealthy eater. We always had salad and we always had vegetables growing up, but like, you know, I ate a lot of pizza bagels and I ate a lot of, you know, things that weren't nutrient dense, which is what Stylish Spoon were all about nutrient dense. But there was a point in my life when I was in Israel and my mom died when I was very young. I was nine years old Mm -hmm. and I didn't think about, you know, I thought about that every single day of my life, but I didn't Mm -hmm. think about it in terms of health health implications and what could I do to prevent um, breast cancer, which is what she died of um, until I was was on term abroad in Israel and I saw you know being there and and seeing the military presence and how fragile life is mm. and how you know we take that for granted here our safety right um and when I was in Israel I really felt the impact and the energy of like you know, it, we should be doing everything we can with that's within our power and still have fun, but um, to take care of ourselves so that we could be here for the people who love us. And so that's when I just started eating healthier. I just started making better choices. And it was really so much easier to do in Israel than it is say, here. I was going to such great food ev- there. Everything such tastes great food. Such, I mean, oh, to the vegetables and the, the fruit. Right. Exactly. And I, I lived on a kibbutz for a little mm. while. And like when you eat a date off a tree, it's like maple brown sugar melting right. in your mouth. It's like candy. When you eat a peach there and you bite into it, it tastes like a Jolly Rancher. Like it's the the flavor of everything is so amplified and yeah. delicious. And yeah. I actually found meat not as tasty in Israel because it tasted very gamey to me. Mm-hmm. And so I naturally stu- like, you know, just didn't eat as much meat. It's so beautiful outside. I went for long walks every day. I would do a 45 to 50 minute walk. Um, and that was all the exercise. And I just I lost all this weight. And it wasn't even that wasn't my motivation. My motivation mm-hmm. was so deep. You know, I knew I always wanted children. And so, um, you know, I just wanted to be the healthiest version of myself that I could be. And I was living I was in Beersheba. Um, and there was not much to do. So I was in the middle of the Negev. And so, you know, exercising and cooking were two things 
that I started doing. And then I started reading, you know, every cookbook, everything, you know, piece of credible information I could find on the internet um, about health, wellness, cooking, healthy eating. And I taught myself how to cook in the middle of the desert. <laughs> wow. And that, that's really where my, my, the biggest part of my shift in my eating happened. Um, mm. And, and like I said, I naturally, I came back and I had lost 45 pounds. And I was I felt like a different person in, in many ways, because I just felt like so much more vibrant. Um, and I brought that back and I started cooking for myself. And you know, I had that whole journey in college. Um, and I went to law school. And then I moved to New York City. And, and you um, kept it up all I, this time. This was just like a I, new lifestyle. Yes, it was. These Beautiful. are my habits. And like, of course, I deviate. Um, and of course, if there's something delicious, you know, I, I eat it and I definitely treat myself at least once a week. And that's also why I have a delicious, healthy baking company, because mm -hmm. I have such a sweet tooth mm -hmm. <laughs> that I wanted, um, you know, nutrient dense things. Um, but it's definitely my lifestyle. And it's ingrained in who I am now. And, you know, in some ways, you have to change some of your taste buds when you're adapting to a new diet. Mm -hmm. um, but then I, you know, I, it, my healthy eating slowly evolved. And then I realized, wow, I can't eat gluten. And I cut that out. And then as I started to have that be my new normal, I had children. And then I realized when I was a breastfeeding mom, I couldn't eat dairy or soy without irritating my my girls stomachs. Really? Um, and, Yes. And that was really challenging. You know, my sister, when she had kids, people just said, Oh, your babies are colicky. And now she wonders because of my experience, like if she had cut out dairy and soy when she was breastfeeding, mm -hmm. would they have not been colicky, mm -hmm. you know? Um, because my, it's not that my daughters had food allergies. It's that they were intolerant to it. Their, their digestive systems were really immature. And so they just couldn't handle the protein that was in it. Mm -hmm. Um, and it felt really limiting as a mom, you know, you're standing there holding a baby in one hand and you're starving and you're, like, what can <laughs> and you're starving and you're nursing all these calories are coming out of you and you're like, what else can I eat with one hand? Like you can't scramble eggs like it's, you yeah. know, there's if there isn't someone else to hold the baby. So I immediately went back to my mom was a really wonderful baker. She was kind of a terrible cook, but she was a wonderful baker. That's funny. Um, I understand she was she quite ahead of her time, though. She wasn't your typical eight mother of the 80s baker. She wasn't. She used to sweeten things with, you know, honey and dates. And she was very concerned about our sugar consumption. Mm -hmm. That's um, so progressive and, for that time. Yeah. And she used to make her own applesauce because it was unsweetened. And we used to make our own jam to put in hamantashen. And, uh -huh. you know, we would do all of that together. She was really amazing. Um, and so I went back to, you know, what did she used to make for us that was like really hearty and nutrient dense and we could eat. And she used to make like baked oatmeal cookies and she used to put different things in them um, and, you know, sweeten them naturally. And I thought about, you know, as a nursing mom, what are all the things I want to try to get into my diet? And one of the things I was trying to eat more of was coconut oil. Um, as when I was pregnant, it's great for fetal brain development. When you're a nursing mom, it actually changes the nutritional profile of your breast milk for like at least 24 hours after you eat it. Really? And, but it's like I a weird ingredient. That. Yeah, it's a weird ingredient and it boosts your milk supply too, which is great. And it's great for your brain. You know, a lot of people think like, oh my gosh, I have mom brain after I give birth. Yeah, and I fog, to, to yeah. some extent, yeah. I still feel like I have that a little bit. Um, <laughs> but I, I thought that would help a little. And so, um, you know, chia seeds also are plant based um, omega threes. And I wanted to get oats in which boost your milk supply and cinnamon, which helps regulate your blood sugar so that you don't have those mood swings. And you could, you know, have your metabolism can be more steady. And so I thought of all those things like my mom used to put all those things not the chia seeds she didn't she didn't know about chia seeds um she did make her own sprouts but she didn't know about chia seeds yet <laughs> um but so I started making these baked oatmeal cups 
And mm. I put all those ingredients into them and I would bake like a batch of like 34 of them, put them in my freezer. And then I would pop two in the microwave every morning and eat them. And it was like the joy it had been brought back into my diet when I bit into one of those. Really? Like I felt like, yeah, you know, because when you can't eat dairy or soy, like chocolate, almost all chocolate, there's a lot of companies that are getting better now, but they all used to have, and a lot of them still have, um, soy lecithin. It was like the bane of my existence. I would look on every ingredient label and be like, oh, soy lecithin. (laughs) Um, So I found soy-free chocolate, mini chocolate chips, which are actually like a tiny amount of sugar. So you get like a really good bang for your buck in terms of flavor, but least amount of sugar. Mm -hmm. Um, And I made, you know, these baked oatmeal cups with chocolate chips and they, they came out of the microwave warm and it like was my moment of joy in my day. And I felt like, oh, I'm taking care of myself for a minute before I take care of the rest of my family. Wow. And so I started, I started making those and eating them and I brought them to friends and uh, all my friends who had new new babies or I'd bring them to breastfeeding groups or different things I went to. And I was like, you should sell these. And I took it as a nice compliment because at the time I was a full-time practicing appellate attorney just on maternity leave. (laughs) And I went back to work and I was sitting at my desk one day and I will say I never loved practicing law. There are things about it that I really enjoyed. Um, I really love creative writing. I like being persuasive. I like working with other people, but in general, I often felt like um, I wasn't being my authentic self. Like mm-hmm. I, I almost felt like, um, a li- like I was wearing my mom's suit and heels to work. Yeah. <laughs> it's not that I don't like to dress up, but it just didn't feel like me. Um, I, I'm a really fun person too. And having to be so serious in a courtroom and argue in front of a panel of judges, um, there's something exciting about it, but it also, it, it wasn't what I wanted to be leaving my kids every day to be doing when I didn't feel like it was serving like a higher purpose yeah, for I me personally. So were you in Manhattan? Were you in Manhattan? I was. Yep, I was in Manhattan at the Uh time. So I was Uh sitting at my desk pumping, (laughs) and um, and I was thinking, you know what? Maybe I should listen to my friends. Maybe I should try to sell my oatmeal cups. And so I went on a Facebook moms group and people laugh, but on the Facebook Upper East Side moms group that I was on, there were 20,000 women. And I just posted my story about how, you know, I started making these and they felt like a treat for myself and they made it easy to eat breakfast with one hand while holding my baby and they helped boost my milk supply. Um, And within two weeks, I had orders for 250 of them. You're joking me. No. (laughs) This is incredible. Yeah. So that's how I started testing the market. So I was baking them in my home Upper West Side kitchen. You know, I'd put my kids to bed. I would sanitize my whole kitchen and then I would bake into the night. And I did that. And what did your husband say at this point? First of all, Uh, did he love the oatmeal cups? He loves them. He, He eats two every single day as a snack mid-morning at work. Okay, great. So (laughs) what is he saying (laughs) at this point when my wife, the attorney, is coming home at night and she's baking to sell these treats? I mean, he was like, you've literally turned our house into a bakery. Uh uh (laughs) Right. But he was so supportive. He, I mean... I've always loved cooking and preparing food for other people. But he was like, this is great. Like, he's very level headed about business. And so he's like, you're testing the market right now. Let's see how it, how it does. Let's see what feedback you get. You know, every time there would be different pieces of feedback, I would get like someone would say, I didn't know how to reheat these or they'd give me some other little piece of feedback. And mm-hmm. he'd be like, great. This is the type of insight that big companies always want to get. You have a direct link to your consumers to get that. And so it helped me develop the product, you know, the size it should be, the packaging it should be, and the way it should be delivered, all of those things. And I gathered all that information over a year and a half. And then a year and a half later, I actually had an opportunity to present my product to Whole Foods at a buyer's showcase. 
and I was working full time and I wasn't going to go. And my husband said, you know, you have personal days, you have vacation time. I know you want to save it for when the girls are sick or when we have family vacations or whatever, but just use one and don't miss this opportunity. You should go and just get their feedback. That's amazing. And yeah. And I went and I got really great feedback from Whole Foods and uh, I'm I'm in talks with them now um, about launching our cookies there later this year, but it was really starting that relationship with them and talking about, okay, what product line would you want to see? What would I have to do to get into your store? What, you know, they, they love the nutritional profile. They love the branding. They loved all those different pieces, but there's certain things they need, um, certifications they need different, you know, specs for how it has to be on the shelf and all of those things that, that we're working on right now. Um, but having that first meeting with them and that introduction and obviously getting the positive feedback from them that like, like we love the product and the taste, that was super important to me in my journey. You know, it sounds like the learning curve is so steep from hearing you, yet, you know, you did it and you're doing it. Um, yes. But I'm sure there were times where there was, you know, that fear factor that we all have to get over, you know, and not to mention all the challenges. Can you talk to, about that a little bit? Yeah, I mean, there are lots of challenges. So my oatmeal cup is actually the signature product that I started with, right? Mm-hmm. And that's my that's my best seller. It has always it's been my best seller from the beginning in terms of wow. direct to consumer people order on my website. But one of the feedback pieces of feedback I got from Whole Foods was, you know, I had st- so my daughter is now dairy free. And I had started making these grain free, dairy free, um, vegan cookies for her because she when she would go to birthday parties or just want a treat, she needed something that was like easy she could carry it's hard to carry a cupcake. And I wanted something low sugar. So I made these cookies for her. And Whole Foods tasted them. And I you know, I was like, Oh, I have this new baked oatmeal product. It's a new category of food. And I wanted to pitch it, you know, and have it in the freezer section. And that be the item that we launched with. And they said, like, I just happen to have these other cookies there. And they were like, No, the cookies is yeah, that was a big pivot. They were like, the cookies are what you should launch with because really? every yeah, everyone knows what a cookie is, you're gonna have to explain to people what a baked oatmeal cup is. It's, you know, it's like, uh, sort of like uh, a muffin, it's a bowl of oatmeal that you take to go, but you would need a big budget to, to inform people. And so you know, let's save that. Keep keep selling those to you know your consumers, at your customers online. And once they know your cookie and say, "Wow, she makes amazing cookies," then they're more likely to try a new product. But that was a big pivot because I thought, like, "Oh my gosh, I'm creating this new category of food. It's going to launch. This is going to be the thing." And then they were like, "No, it's the cookies that we want to go forward with." Um, I love so- these little lessons because it's so practical. This is why it just you have to be on the ground. You have to you know like just learning these things. Yeah. And there's a lot of different, you know, things that you learn along the way, like even, you know, so then we made my cookies, but my cookies, we hand formed in our kitchen with my team. Um, I'm in a commercial kitchen in Harlem and, and we needed to find a way to be able to commercialize the recipe Mm -hmm. because hand forming them, they're very expensive and labor intensive to make. And our ingredients are already really expensive. We use very high quality ingredients. We use almond flour. We use coconut oil and we only sweeten with maple syrup and those are like three of the most expensive ingredients when I went to um, you know a partner to work with to make the cookies for me he said oh usually I can find a cheap ingredient that we can add more of you know to make your cookie less expensive and he looked at mine he was like there's no cheap ingredients in yours mm-hmm, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. so something we came up with instead is that we're making two mini cookies um, and that again that was another pivot and that was a challenge and I had to wrap my head around that because you know I had always been selling cookies that were two ounces and now we're selling Uh, you know, two in a little in a package that are mini cookies. But part of that was feedback that I got from my customers who are a lot of moms who said that my kid, you know, they're 
my, our cookies are high in protein, so they're very filling. They said, my kids can't finish a whole cookie. And you have kids, you know, no one wow. wants to go back to half a cookie, right? Right, right, right. <laughs> Brilliant. And and so we made two mini cookies so exactly. that now they can have one, they can come back to it. If you have two kids, you can split the package. Um, it, you know, it's a, a better value. Also, when you get two cookies as a mom, it's like, oh, I don't have to buy two of these for my kids when I'm shopping, grocery shopping, you can split a package. So but, you know, scaling up the recipe, there were definitely challenges. You can't just take your recipe and multiply it times eight or 16 and expect it to work. You have to tweak things like all of a sudden your nutmeg tastes too strong and it gives like a bitter taste at the end or your cookies aren't rising well. Or if you now, you know, I went from a home mixer to mixing in a giant Hobart commercial mixer where we mix over 500 oatmeal cups in a batch. Mm-hmm. If you mix it for too long, your oats turn gummy. And it changes the texture. There were all these, you know, if you add water that we have a certain temperature, we add our water at, if you add it at a different temperature, it changes the consistency of the recipe. Oh so my gosh, there's so, so much many, to learn. So many little things to learn. And then also, you know, there's some other challenges in building a business is no one is you, right, as a business owner. Right. And so you have to bring on a great team, you have to teach them. And I am crazy about germs, which for me, you know, with the coronavirus and everything going on right now, it's like, this is like my glory time. Like they're finally teaching everyone how to wash their hands, how I want everyone (laughs) to wash their hands. (laughs) So, you know, in terms of going into my kitchen with my team, like, you know, I went in last week and I'm like, look, we're great. We don't need to change anything, but I want to remind you again of, you know, the hand washing and the, you know, anything we touch. If someone touches their phone with a glove, their glove is now dirty. You know, not everyone knows that. Like when there's just so many different hygiene things, but definitely teaching people and training a team. And even when I do um, demos and samplings and all these things, we have brand ambassadors now and, you know, creating a guidebook for them. And these are the way we respond to people. And one of the big things um, with our, with our product is they're, they're very high quality. I want everyone to feel like when they order our product and they open up the box, that they think like, wow, I treated myself. Mm -hmm. Like everything, I know that we have, you know, when we started, we only had a few bags to pack. Now we have so many packages to pack, but still I want every package to be packed with that intention. And I also ask my team, um, you know, if it resonates with you, if you could think of some positive intention that you want to put in today for each different day, it could be different. Um, You know, one day it could be healing, one day it could be love. Valentine's Day, I said, everyone, if if the feeling of love resonates, let's all put that as our intention into what we're baking. Um, As you scale up, it obviously gets a little more challenging to do that. But I hope that I've put that intention into my company and that it people feel the effects of that even as we grow. This is so great. You know, I want to backtrack a little bit because something interesting that you said, how you were still working full time at doing the beginning stages of the company, which seems like such a practical thing. You know, very often we hear these stories of the entrepreneur who, you know, just left their full time job and, you know, depleted their entire savings. And, you know, those stories make it right. right. But but there's there's another way to do it, which is the practical, more disciplined approach, perhaps. And it seems like the one that you took. Yes, I've actually heard I, I spoke to someone else who said you didn't leap you, you, you were creeping, Uh, you know, like Like I slowly, I slowly built and built and built. And then when I saw like, okay, I've gotten, you know, I did this much in sales for the year, I I did two x times last year, what I had in sales for the year. And this is definitely growing. And there's, you know, I I was past testing the market, and it had already been proof of concept. Mm -hmm. Um, Then I felt comfortable saying, okay, now I need to dedicate myself full time because I can't grow it. If I'm still, you know, just doing this at, at midnight and on my lunch break and in the morning before my kids wake up. And, you know, and I also felt like for me, there was going to be 
a breaking point because I was just spreading myself too thin. And, um, and I needed to be able to just pick a path and go with it. And once I did, I felt so liberated. It was amazing. It was definitely scary. Right. Um, especially because, you know, I went to school for a very long time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so to give that up, um, I remember talking to my dad about it and my dad, um, he was, he was a doctor and he kind of only saw things like science-based and fact-based. And mm-hmm. so he kept saying like, I can't believe that's it. You're just going to give up the law for this. That's all You're for an entrepreneur <laughs> business for, for cookies. What are you going to do? You know, what, how did I raise you? And then two <laughs> months after, um, I actually, I had been on, um, anti-anxiety medication since my first semester in law school, I started having panic attacks. And, you know, my dad was like, that's easy to take care of. We'll just take you to the doctor. Yeah, right. Exactly. I I got medication and it was under control. Um, And there were times when sometimes, you know, um, if I was out of my medicine or something happened where I would still, when I was pregnant, I still had panic attacks a little bit. So um, I went off my medication. I thought, you know, my life is different now doing this and doing something that I love. Let me see if I can, I can go off of it. And so I went off and within two months, I haven't had a single panic attack since, and it's been three years. Wow. Um, wow. I love so what, this. So I told my dad, who's, a, you know, a man of science and yeah. my dad, every time, every Sunday when I would talk to him, he would say, so no more panic attacks and no more meds. Okay. Okay. I get it with the cookies. That's so cute. I get it with the so, cookies. But it speaks yeah, to the it. it speaks to just doing something where you feel like it is your mission, like you're connecting to something higher than yourself. You know, I think we, yes. we we're from a generation, you and I, that we were trained to like just follow this straight path, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I also lived in Manhattan. I was an investment banker and like had that crazy life until yeah, and my yes. my, my health also was severely compromised, even though yes. I was so young. Um it's it's I, it, it I love, takes such a toll on you stress it really does literally I don't think we realize we don't realize mm-hmm. until something really frightening can happen but the fact mm-hmm. that you're doing something that you love and another aspect about the story that I love is that your girls you have two daughters right I do yes they're such a big part of the the company's growth as well and they're seeing you do something that you love that you're passionate about and that you're bringing health to other people and they get to be a part of it too in a way because they're your taste testers I understand yes so well so my nine-year-old is my chief taste tester that is her official title I can't even tell you how good her taste buds are and how good her feedback is like we did um, we tested a coconut pineapple oatmeal cup last year Uh and she immediately tasted it this isn't about her taste buds but this is a kid's perspective she said mom it's really good I like the flavor kids you know they can't like coconut on their fingers because we put shreds on top right they can't take this to school and have like coconut shreds during snack time and I was like wow that's a really great piece of feedback and we ended up going forward with it anyway because it tasted really good and we just did it for the summer but it was more of an adult product, right? And she tastes other things that sometimes, and she'll she'll notice, she'll be like, I don't know, there's like an aftertaste or it's like acidic. She'll be like more vanilla. Her thing is always more maple syrup or more honey. She loves, you know, she, like every kid, she thinks that are things that are sweet, she loves. Um, but she, if she doesn't approve it, it does not get sold by Stylish Spoon. And I'm not even kidding when I say that because she is an expert taste tester and will tell me. And she gives it to me really straight. Sometimes she'll say like, you know, only an adult will like this because like maybe um, it like our molasses cookies. She said more adults will like this than kids, but it's mm-hmm. really good mom. Um, we had a, we have a matcha mint chip cookie. That one's actually her favorite, which is funny because matcha is, you know, green tea and it, it has like a little bit of an earthy profile. 
Um, but she loves the mint and she's like a mint chocolate chip ice cream kind of girl. So that one's her favorite. So um, she's great with the feedback. My little one, you know, she's a big supporter. She wears her stylish spoon t-shirt to school. She basically dresses. <laughs> if I have an event where I wear my stylish spoon t-shirt and my like slip on black sneakers and jeans, the next day she wears that to school. So she's like my walking marketing <laughs> consultant. I love it. <laughs> Are you ready to find your soulmate? Are you a doer who can work independently with the right practical guidance? Daters Academy might be for you. Get practical guidance on how to accurately express to others who you are and what you're looking for. A step-by-step process to reevaluating potential dates in your past and a mindset shift that opens your eyes to your soulmate and in fact, much more in Daters Academy by marriage-minded mentor Aliza Ben Shalom. Claim your exclusive $50 discount to get the course for only $99 today at jewishlatinprincess.com forward slash datersacademy and enter the code JLP50 at checkout. Is she a redhead? Did I see a redhead in a picture on Instagram? She is a redhead, I have two of those. (laughs) So funny. But do you have redheads in your family? I know. I don't know where I came from. It was the weirdest thing. First of all, my youngest daughter, so I have two girls and two boys. So my youngest daughter, when she was born, she was reddish and she still is quite reddish, but she wasn't, you know, flare orange. But her, her brother, my youngest son, Literally, he came out and he was like bright neon orange and to this day. Oh my gosh. And we were like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. I don't know where it came so from. So fun. Mm-hmm. Jeans are amazing. <laughs> I mean, it's unbelievable. <laughs> it's really unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Yeah. So what I also want to say to listeners is that is so great about this business model is that you have a subscription service. So this is great for mothers. It's it's so great for mothers. And it's like, you know, when you always forget like, oh, I needed to order that next thing or I needed to order that next like pack of pull ups for my kids or whatever else. And you like having a subscription because then it just comes when you need it. Um, but you can always change it. So that's what we do with our oatmeal cups. So you can just subscribe. You can cancel at any time and you can get them delivered. Most people do like, let's say two dozen a month and they put them in their freezer and then every morning you just put one in your kid's lunch or you pack one for snack or pop them in the microwave for breakfast Uh and then it's done freeze all your products is that what we should do you could yeah that's actually that's how i recommend um our oatmeal cups are formulated for the freezer um and they stay really nice and moist there if you're going to eat them within a few days you can you can leave them out but we don't use preservatives in any of our products that's like one of the pillars of our stylish spoon brand Mm -hmm. um you know healthy delicious convenient no preservatives and And so so yeah, so the freezer keeps them really nice and fresh without preservatives. And so tell me about kosher, because I think it's something that you were trying to get approval for. What's happening with that? Yes. Oh, I'm so thrilled. As of two weeks ago, our cookies, which are launching in 35 Balducci's and King's stores in April. So every King's and Balducci's store, mm-hmm. um, including New Jersey, New York, Connecticut, um, Bethesda, Maryland, all of those, um, those cookies are now certified kosher. Wow. So I'm so thrilled. We make those in a separate manufacturing facility that is kosher in New Jersey. Um, those are the mini cookies I was talking about. They're gluten-free, dairy-free, soy-free, vegan, grain-free. They're made with almond flour, coconut oil, and maple syrup. 
They're absolutely delicious. They have four grams of plant-based protein naturally from the almonds. Mm -hmm. So you can, it's like a cookie you feel good about giving your kids um, per package, the four grams of protein. And so I'm so excited about those. But, you know, I actually had this moment. Thank you. Um, I had this moment last year. My dad passed away last year. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, thank you. He lived a very good life. Oh, and especially God. the last 10 years of his life, every day, he was like, I am so thankful for every day I get and that I get oh. to see my grandchildren. So it was like, it was a celebration of his life yeah. when, when he left, you know. Um, but when I was sitting Shiva, I was thinking, you know, people kept bringing in all these things, first of all, that I couldn't eat. Mm. Or there were a couple gluten-free things that were kosher, but they were all like really junky. Yeah, I, it was I lovely that people brought them for me. I felt I felt the love from them for bringing it. But it was going to make me have a sugar crash or it was just not anything that had nutrients. And I was thinking, like, it would be so nice. Like, uh, my goal after my dad passed away, because he grew up kosher, too, Mm -hmm. is that my cookies need to be kosher. I need to have my products kosher. I need this is my community. This is what I need to be serving. And so this this needs to be able to be brought to shivas or other places where people need comfort or nutrients or any of those things. And so that was what I've been working on over the past year. And I'm really thrilled that it actually came to fruition. So beautiful to hear you say that because the truth is we have such a mitzvah to take care of our body. And with this whole thing with the coronavirus, you know, like there's all this panic and everything. And, if, and you know, I keep, I keep thinking, you know, we have to do our part. Like we have to take care of our body. We have to try to ensure that our immune system is strong. We have to do all the hand washing and all the necessary precautions. Obviously, if somebody has an, a compromised immune system, all of that. And, mm-hmm. and it, it's because that's, that's our part that we can do. The, the rest, we, we, we leave yes. up to God. And, and so yes. to hear you say that, you know, it's important to you, it's sometimes I feel like, you know, we've forgotten a little bit about that. Like, why is some of the food that we serve our kids not very healthy? What? Whatsoever. And, you know, it might be right. kosher, which is what we want. It's, it's, you know, it's good for our soul, but it also needs to be good for our body, people. <laughs> right. It really does. And I mean, I, I notice my kids, their mood is very different if they eat a sugary snack, if they totally. eat a lot of processed carbs, if they eat things that aren't fruits and vegetables and well balanced. And, you know, they're, they can be cranky. Their digestive systems aren't working as well. They're having sugar crashes. They're not getting enough protein. You know, you can, you, you can kind of tell people who just eat like, you know, white, white junky carbs every day. For sure. Your skin doesn't glow the same way. You know, I actually work with a lot of, a lot of people um, in, you know, whether it's friends or, or different clients that I work with and trying to get them to change their, their eating for the better. And mm-hmm. so I often appeal to what I know is important to them, you know, mm-hmm. and one of my other friends, I'm like, you know, skincare is very important to her. And I'm like, you wouldn't need to spend as much or to do as much with your skin if you were nourishing yourself from the inside out what you put inside of you is more important first than what you're going to be putting on your skin and and that really shows you can change how your skin looks by starting it, it to eat more show. fruits and vegetables and protein and all you know and not eliminating sugar and all of those things like it really makes a difference in anti-aging and plumpness and um you know not having breakouts so yeah, yeah. It, it makes a huge difference. It makes a huge difference. It makes a huge difference. It's it's hard to make the tweak, but thankfully we have companies like your your company, and I and also you know you've done such a great job of not just focusing on the products that you're selling, but I you do a great job of educating people about how to incorporate other healthy foods into their lives, which I think is great. I was just um, looking for ideas for healthy stuff on your website, and I was like, oh, these are really yeah. good ideas. Now that I have 
have Thank you. two kids of, of, you know, one kid of gluten and one in this very, very strict diet, um, which I'm very excited about these cookies because that means I could actually order them and send them to yes. school. He lives abroad. He lives not abroad, but he lives out of state. So I could ship them to him in school. So this is going to be great. Yes. A lot of parents do that during finals. We get a lot of care packages that we send out. We get a lot of gifts for different, around holidays. Great. Those are really busy times. You know, what's funny for our company, though, is that a lot of people are always their their high season is like the different holidays, like let's say December right. and Easter and Valentine's Day. Our busiest time is actually January and September. Healthy eating. Everyone is recommitting to it in January. And that's when our sales are the highest. And September with back to, to school because our products are such a great fit for busy families and moms and for kids that everyone's like, oh, you know, we've been off for the summer and, and just doing whatever. And now we need to get back to healthy eating and, and fueling our bodies properly for right. school and everything. Right, right, right. You know, talking to you, just hearing you speak, I mean, obviously, healthy eating is a big thing in your life. Um, but I have a feeling that doesn't stop there. I have a feeling that you're mindful. You know, we talked before about now that you don't have to take the anti-anxiety medicine and all that, that you're, I have a feeling you're mindful about other lifestyle aspects. What what other practices do you have? That Yeah, tell me. <laughs> yes. Well, so I have a meditation practice that sounded very scary to me years ago when everyone was like, oh, you need to meditate, you need to meditate. But I'm on um, 245 straight days of meditating. <laughs> and I it, sit and it makes me feel spiritual and connected. Really? And I sit. Yeah. And I, it's my nightly practice. I light a candle or I put on a salt lamp. And I sit quietly in my living room after I cleaned up all the toys and my kids have gone to bed and I sit on a cushion and I set a timer. Um, and I sit for 10 to 15 minutes, depending on the night. Um, and I sit with myself and whatever my mind is, I try to clear it. And I try to think of it as, you know, there's a monkey mind and there's a monkey swimming on, swinging on vines back uh -huh. and forth and just notice it and let, let him swing and go off and then just try to clear my mind and sit with myself. And some of my, um, most best ideas come after that. I feel more refreshed. I feel calmer with my kids. It's a great nighttime ritual for me. Um, I often, another healthy practice that I do is I take a lot of Epsom salt baths. Um, it's great for sore muscles. Um, as you know, a lot of us moms, especially if you're holding children all day, like our mm -hmm. shoulders are all the way up at our ears. <laughs> Yeah. And if you take an Epsom salt bath, you put two cups of Epsom salt in a, a warm bath and you have it over your shoulders and you sit for 15 minutes, it really helps release those muscles. It helps with muscle soreness if you're someone who's working out or if you're on your feet all day with your kids or at work. Um, that's something else that I do. I drink hot water with lemon every single morning. That's oh, like my that thing. Too. Yeah, you do. Though? Yeah. That's so great. And, yeah. And it's yeah. great for your liver. Yeah. And that's my one, my biggest treat. My husband has that waiting for me on the counter every morning when I get up. That's so sweet. That's so sweet. You know, yeah. you mentioned the Epsom salt and I was just reading because of the one child that I have with this uh, very severe psoriasis that it's also very good for that. I mean, we're working from the inside out with the diet and all mm -hmm. sorts of things. But um, um, so I think it's something that I need to incorporate it, but it also sounds good for me as a busy mother. <laughs> yes, I love it. Yeah, I was talking to a guest recently about breathing. And it was such a great reminder. And you reminded me now about you were, you know, telling me about meditation, but the power of just this conscious breathing, and I, I forget to do it. And I whenever I try to, you know, take a few minutes a day to just do deep breathing, it's so yes. helpful, and it clears my mind. And it, sometimes I get really good ideas. <laughs> yes, I do that. I do a lot of deep breathing. Um, and I also do a lot of walking. Like for me, walking is like my meditation. Mm -hmm. um, and so and walking in nature, especially it's not I mean, I walk even in the freezing cold in the winter, 
in the park in New York City. I was going to say, um, you go to the park. Is that what you do? Yes. And I feel That's like so I, nice. there's, so, you know, there's so much concrete here. There's so many yeah. buildings. I feel like even if I, ha- even if they're frozen trees, I still have a few minutes in nature. And, you know, and now there's actually a term called um, forest bathing. And it's not taking a shower in the forest. What is it's it? It's going for a it's going for a walk, and you get your if you get like your daily dose. Um, I think it's 120 minutes per week. They show if you're in nature for that many minutes, mm-hmm. um, just walking outside or sitting outside, that it actually um, has has been proven to have a huge benefit on your health. And so I, I try to do it. that as much as I can. Yeah, I believe it. I I, mi- I miss that. I grew up by the water. So I'm like, I grew up just, you know, surrounded by the palm trees and the beautiful water. And yeah, I miss that. Oh, yeah, I'm sure you do. Mm-hmm, but there's mm-hmm. lots of other nature. I love the mountains and I love lakes and, the, and you know, walking in the woods, the park. So it's it's a different water than you were, yeah. you were used to. But I think it's all really beautiful. Yeah. Um, and then I just thought of one other um, healthy practice Tell that I do me. is I keep I keep a gratitude journal. Oh, that's nice. I've done that from time to time. Tell me about it. So every morning, I write down three things that I'm grateful for. Mm-hmm. And every night I write down another three things that I was grateful for that happened during the day. Mm-hmm. And I think it sets a really positive um, tone for my life. And it makes me appreciate things. And it's actually helped me the most during some of the hardest times in my life. Like when my dad passed away last year, mm-hmm. you know, there were days when it was just, I'm happy I'm breathing. Right. I'm happy I'm here for my kids. You know, it was very basic instead of some of the more grand, you know, like business things that happen. Like I'm happy I got this great contract with the, you right. know, Kings and Belducci's or whatever. It wasn't those. It was very basic. But even just having that daily ritual of doing it made me feel grateful and positive for, for the things and the gifts that I have in my life. It does have a huge impact. And the truth is that we we forget how Judaism places such a big emphasis on it. You know, like we could go through yes. a day and not realize, but it's just embedded in a Jewish way of life. But, you know, like anything yes. in life, you could just run through it and not pay attention and not be mindful of the fact that really you're meant to stop and appreciate that small the small oatmeal cup that you're about to eat, yes. you know, with that blessing or, you know, yes. you wake up in the morning to thank God for your soul being back here to do something productive, yes. you know, those little things. So I think writing those little things down, I, I should, I should start, I, I've done it from time to time, but like anything, sometimes you drop the habits and then again, yes. getting into the habit again becomes harder than, you know, once you're in it, it's great. But once you drop it, it's like, oh, so I'm glad you reminded me of that one because it is very helpful to write those th- little oh, I'm things so down. Glad. Yeah. Yeah. And on that, on that note, any Jewish, um, values or traditions that you hold dear, whether it it be because you learned them at your parents' home growing up or because you've adopted them as an adult with your husband as you build your own home? I I mean, family and sharing family Mm -hmm. meals and inviting people into your home for the holidays and for different family meals um, and and cooking for people. That's definitely, you know, what my parents used to do. You know, my mom volunteered with Hadassah and she would always invite different families in that um, had come here or come to our temple um, and so that's something I, I try to carry with us also. Beautiful. By the way, do you actually, do you like cooking or do you, just, do you love baking, but cooking is not really your thing in general? No, I love both of them, actually. Really? I love, yes. Um, I, you know, baking is a science and it's precision and it's measuring. And there's something that when there's a lot of like during this kind of time, when there's a lot of chaos in the world, it feels like, okay, here's, here's the thing that I know will come out exactly how it will, because this is so precise and I've measured everything. Yeah. We feel Um, in control. (laughs) But yes, but I love the creativity aspect also. I love that. So I like creating different flavor profiles, whether it's for baking or cooking. And I love taking 
like a fridge full of ingredients and making like that were just, you know, scallions and eggs and, and whatever else there is and, and making it into like this beautiful dish, right? Mm. Like I made a shakshuka the other night and I didn't have a recipe for it. My niece came over and was like, this is the most delicious thing. How'd you make it? And I was like, well, I guess I could tell you, but I, I don't even remember what, you know, I remember what spices, but I didn't measure anything. Um, and I just tasted as I went and it's really fun for me to create different things like that and, and different things that people eat and it brings them joy. It's so nice to hear you say this now because I can only imagine and maybe I'm projecting myself um, that while you were in law school and while you were, you know, a high powered attorney in Manhattan, you didn't get to nourish that part of you that you love so much. There's very little time for cooking. (laughs) Well, there is little time for cooking, but that was often what I did, you know, Uh especially before I had kids. I like that was like my I didn't meditate at the time, but like chopping when I got home from work was how I meditated. You know, I would chop up ingredients and I would cook. And when I was in law school, I would meal prep for myself before that was even a trendy thing to do. Really, um, I would Ilana? So, yeah. Wow. Good for you. I would. That was in the law school. They used to call me the law school, law school Martha Stewart. <laughs> You're joking. That's so no. nice. I used to throw parties. And so actually, before I started Stylish Spoon as an online gluten-free bakery, I actually had it as a blog because when I was practicing law, I needed a creative outlet. And so I started entertaining at home. And that's why there are a lot of, you'll see there's a lot of free recipes on our website and different craft ideas, because those were just things that I was doing at home and things that I was making. And people would ask me for the recipes. And I found it was a really fun way to be able to share it was start a blog. Um, and so I sort of already had this platform and I already had a following. And so when I decided to sell the baked oatmeal cups, I just added it as a plugin on my website and said, like, let's see how it goes here. Um, and, you know, it's since evolved and obviously had to switch platforms to accommodate right, the course. higher volume of orders and all those things. But um, that's actually where our name was too. Stylish Spoon was more of a home entertaining, you know, um, website. And then it just evolved. So I guess, and and we're going to soon gear up, um, finish up with the JLP fill in the blanks. But I guess when you decided to leave the firm, they probably weren't so surprised, were they? No, they, um, so I actually worked in public service. I worked for the city of New York, Uh um, the Department of Education. Um, But no, they weren't that surprised that I did because they knew that I had all these other passions on the side. Um, And I was already a recipe developer for different publications like Vegetarian Times that I would do on the side. And so when I first started there, I wanted to make sure it wasn't a conflict of interest. And so that was something I'd asked about. So it was like, you know, they already knew that was a passion of mine. Very cool. Very, very cool. Okay, so let's wrap it up with what I call JLP fill in the blanks. And this is the part of the show where I'm going to give you a few open ended sentences, and you're just going to finish them with the first thing that comes to mind. Okay, okay. Ready? I'm Milana Eck, and I feel most spiritual when I feel most spiritual when I'm in nature. Mm -hmm, I figured (laughs) my favorite mitzvah or one I connect with the most is having children. I always, always, always wanted to have children. And that was something that my mom, you know, always said um, that she could see for me and for all of us in our family. Beautiful. Do you have siblings also, Elena? I do. I have two sisters and a brother. Nice. Are they close by in the New York area? They're not. They're in They're in Rochester and my brother's in Massachusetts, but we see them okay. a lot. My sister actually just was here today. Nice. <laughs> she left this morning, so nice. very close with them. Very nice. My fondest, sweetest Jewish memory is? Probably making hamantaschen with my mom for Purim. Really? And then bringing them to, to the rest of our family. Yeah. Baking was something we did together, and it was how... As the youngest sibling of four, it was how I got to spend time with her, um, whereas my other, my older siblings weren't as interested. And so I would be with her in the kitchen and, and then we would do that. But I remember her hamantaschen were really delicious. 
That's so beautiful because you've continued, you've taken this on that you, all these things that you learned yes. with her in your kitchen, in her kitchen. That's incredible. That's yeah. so beautiful. Something I feel really connected to her when I bake. I'm sure. I'm sure. And what do your siblings love that you've taken this path? They do. Yes, they absolutely love it. And they're so supportive. Amazing. Something I wish I had learned about Judaism growing up is? I wish I had learned to speak fluent conversational Hebrew. I know. I know. You know, it's I know all the I know all the prayers and the blessings. And, uh, you know, I could recite those from from memory. And I know some Hebrew enough to get around Israel, like I lived there. But when I went and lived in Israel, everyone just wanted to speak, speak English with me. Right. And so if I had, um, you know, learned it when I was younger, um, I would have I would have been happy to have that now. Yeah, yeah, that's one thing that needs to kind of improve in the educational system. <laughs> In my yes. opinion. Okay. When I give tzedakah, I like to give to? I like to give to Hadassah. Oh, yeah. They do such great work. They really do. They do great work. And my mom um, was a member, and so was my stepmom and my sister. And so beautiful. something that's important to us. Finally, I'm Ilana Ek, and today I feel most grateful for? Uh, I feel most grateful that I get to do work that I feel passionate about, and I feel like brings joy to other people and helps impact their lives positively. That gives me a lot of joy. Beautiful. And isn't that what work? should be everyone call a yes. to you i'm so so excited for what you're doing and um everybody check out alana's work on her website at stylishspoon.com and on instagram amazing instagram page at stylish spoon and i'm gonna be ordering those kosher cookies as soon as they come out i'm so excited for them alana thank you you have some coming your way this week so i can't wait for you to taste and share them okay i, I will i will <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for coming on the show thank you so much for having me this was so fabulous Thanks to Ilana Eck for stopping by. You can subscribe to Stylish Spoon at stylishspoon.com. And to learn more about her products and healthier food habits, you can find her on Instagram at Stylish Spoon. And for sure, stay tuned for the upcoming Cookie with Kosher certification, which, of course, I will let all of you know once it hits the market very soon. I think it's going to be right after Passover. And I will be sure to let you all know on social media. This Corona, talking about Passover, this Corona scare, you know, puts the typical Passover panic in perspective, doesn't it, ladies? Ladies, ladies, stay cool, stay healthy, and do whatever you need to do so that you can communicate to your families, especially your children, that panic is not the Jewish way that we do and we trust at the same time. And we pivot and we adjust accordingly because there's always a master plan. So we do it all. We're flexible and we do it with a smile. So sending lots of love your way and a big smile till next time. Have a great week. Thanks for listening to Jewish Latin Princess Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe on iTunes, leave a rating, and share the podcast with the Jewish women you love. To access today's show notes, ask Yael a question, or suggest a uniquely talented Jewish woman to be featured on the show, visit JewishLatinPrincess.com.